0: You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Turp Talk brought to you by Persepolis Brands and Compassion Co. I'm your host, Sarah Tokes. Today, we have Nate with Belcosta Labs. What's up, Nate? Doing. <laughs> it's
0: great to see. You. It's great to be here. It's great to see you guys. Thank you for having me down.
1: Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming out. We really appreciate it. Um, I see you brought some connected seven ten collab. You want to talk about that a little bit?
0: Yeah, two companies that I have the pleasure for testing with. Uh, they're uh, both, uh, you know, very ethical, high end, top shelf companies. In terms of uh, what I like to smoke it's pretty much right there yeah and uh, again I have the opportunity to test for them so I know that you know not to sit here and go on a soapbox about (laughs) you know the lab I represent Bell Costa labs versus other labs uh, but I know how hard we work I know how much we strive to do a good job and I know that there are you know unfortunately less ethical practices out there so
1: it happened yeah you got to be wary (laughs) of that
0: so not to say that any other cannabis science that isn't bell coast as a joke, but that's my best assurance is that, you know, knowing my lab and knowing these companies that test with us and seeing what passes with them and how hard they work to make those, those products pass, uh, it's, it's golden. So I got to, of course, you know, support them and run by my local store and, and pick them up when, of course they make it through the rest of the, uh, <laughs> retail supply chain.
1: That's awesome. How long does it take for a product to get through testing and to get onto the shelves?
0: well under a week um you know depending on somebody's speed with regards to uh their supply chain itself Mm -hmm. and uh especially when you get to what you call uh usually vertically integrated businesses that control their own supply chains okay it's usually a little faster so someplace like connected pretty quick because they control their own supply chains they have their own grows uh, they're uh well linked in with companies like 710 to be able to make their own manufactured dabble products they have their own distribution they have their own stores everything can happen really quick
1: mm-hmm. and
0: you can even through uh things like social media and through promos at the stores even warm up your yeah. uh your clientele your consumers and patients to be able to understand what new products are coming out there it's really kind of like a you know and when we we put it like this I mean that's no real different than any developed industry and what they do you know to really weigh on real marketing potential and like any hype you know music industry does that. everybody will do that Uh, technology right video games they all they all do that so this is you know in some ways uh just response to this little area of cannabis businesses just behaving like big boys and it's kind of a cool thing to just see the more developed companies and how they're working not to say that's the only thing worth sticking to yeah uh, you gotta love some of those small batch craft you know rosin you know based things as well and uh although I didn't unfortunately bring too much of that
1: with I know me today, Mike, like what so. is that collaboration is that a live resin or is that a rosin collab
0: it looks like a BHO it's a uh, it's a hydrocarbon extract uh so I'm not immediately familiar with and I'm, I'm you know I didn't check out the COA before <laughs> uh coming down uh, whether or not it is say a butane extraction mm-hmm. in that hydrocarbon description or if it's a butane propane blend Usually you'll see that come up in the residual What's solvent the difference test.
1: between the two which one would you say would be I guess healthier? Uh,
0: Both could be just considered as healthy really? well because you're really based uh, You're basing this all on having uh, purged out all of those solvent and mm-hmm. all those solvents solve that solvent material and as long as you've purged out that solvent Uh, thoroughly, you're really not looking at any negative health aspect. Uh, You could even suggest that you know, in in the day of the life of the American citizen, it's almost impossible to stay away from any product that has that doesn't have solvent in it. Yeah. I mean, think about like Sprite. Like, there's nobody standing over a vat, you know, <laughs> squeezing lemons and limes into that, right? <laughs> like, there's a lemon extract and a lime extract, yeah. maybe extracted through solvents or through like a supercritical process, similar to what we see in cannabis, and that's what's getting added in a prescribed formulaic amount. So. That kind of stuff and how that works is uh, really in terms of where uh, oh shit where were we going with this I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> it's okay um, I was just asking a little bit about the difference between the pure VHO extraction and then the butane propane mix
0: oh yeah I got a little a little off topic it's okay right there. it happens <laughs> so uh, with regards to that what we're looking at with regards to a safe product A safe product is something that we have had the opportunity to test and in being able to test it, we've been able to assure that no amounts of those solvents are left over. So that's kind of the short end of it. Now, in terms of butane versus propane, um, they have different boiling points. Uh, butane's got a boiling point of about zero degrees Celsius, and uh, propane about negative thirty-nine, negative forty Celsius, if I recall correctly. They boil at different temperatures. Uh, given that, propane would be um, more effective at boiling off at um, lower temperatures. Yeah. Therefore, but that doesn't necessarily uh, point to the health if uh, the health aspect if one of those chemicals was contaminating the end product. In every case, for something that say has to be California passed, it needs to be below what's called the action limit of those chemicals in okay. the finished product
1: so um has there ever has there ever been any issues to where there was like a bad batch of gas and you've seen it maybe oh yeah,
0: oh, yeah. that that totally happens um that would be more on the uh, side of who's providing that solvent for extraction but yes bad batches of gas get through and they light up like a christmas tree with all sorts of other types of contaminants and poisons
1: that's crazy i've seen some concentrates before it was a live resin sauce and the top had some it looked like um butane bubbles interesting that makes sense like the top was just crusty with bubbles and then when you like poke with your dabber you just got the scent of just gas then it went to a weird like oil at the bottom
0: really interesting so if there was enough butane to to smell it like it was expressing itself in that form um it would be pretty poisonous but there's a lot of testing so there are a lot (laughs) of um you know i'd like to let's let's imagine that it was a good testing job done and so we're going to talk about that possibility for a second Cause there are companies out there that do sort of seem to have a golden ticket and there's stuff that you know that might not or possibly yeah. shouldn't pass that may be through you know the unfortunate oversight of uh the bureau of cannabis control or anything maybe kind of does get through there now when you're talking about something that's ethically tested and something that could be smelly and could be truly low on butane amounts simply spoken you're smelling other chemicals gassy-ish chemicals other than butane however that doesn't mean that it was a good product usually when you get something kind of funky smelling there there's something present from either the starting material or the uh, extraction process itself that led to that funkiness okay so that doesn't necessarily mean it was a good product even if it passed uh, extraction there are also bear in mind when you get to these panels there are only so many different chemicals that are studied for. So let me just throw it out there that there are tons of poisons that may not make it into the actual testing panel that maybe somebody you know, inadvertently introduced to the product, making yeah. it taste or smell funky. Just because something's a poison doesn't mean that it's actually on the cannabis panel, meaning it might not be getting tested for. And so you could consider something like vitamin E, yeah you know remember that whole deal last year right yeah. how much is
1: actually <laughs>
0: huh? anyhow um, that isn't actually a chemical that's tested for on it's the California it? panel no
1: even after everything that happened even after year?
0: everything no new chemicals have been added since you know uh, beginning of 2019 very beginning of 2019 no no new chemicals have been added to the panel
1: that's insane that's so crazy. Yeah, so, it, um, you
0: know, even vitamin E, it's like up to a company to say we don't have vitamin E and to test their products. But it's not even the BCC doesn't even have a means. That's the Bureau of Cannabis Control again. And if for yeah. any listeners unfamiliar, that's the regulating body for California cannabis. Uh, any of those uh, companies that you know are abiding by that would would be up to them and their own internal controls to or their own internal marketing, you know, message yeah. to suggest that they don't use that cutting agent. Well, but so just in case, some, you know, the, just because something might be bad for you doesn't necessarily mean it's in the panel.
1: Oh, and so wow. maybe
0: there was another type of contaminant, who knows? Yeah. You know, pure liquid rubber, glue, you know, rubber cement, some freaking pine tar. You know, I've, I don't People know. People
1: can use that and concentrate?
0: I Now, I don't know whether or not to trust it because yeah. I run a lab. And so my means of trusting things means I'm testing it and I'm yeah, you know knowing exactly based on a chemical standard what I'm what I'm looking at. However, am I on Reddit? You know, I'm always on Reddit. And <laughs> always. There are plenty of people who are uh, jumping up in mass in certain areas saying, hey, I've got something and it doesn't seem right here. And I think it may be pine tar and it's got these qualities. And other people are popping into those discussions saying, yes, I agree. And this kind Is of. Is it the shatter
1: and, that's been. Yeah, a lot yeah. of the
0: shatter, a lot of uh,
1: middle America. I've been seeing it on um, the blacklist XYZ. They always post like what's going on in the industry. If you don't mm-hmm. follow them, make sure to follow them. <laughs>
0: Great group. Uh, we love. Yeah, we we love uh, being a part of their efforts.
1: Yeah, they're they're awesome. They promote so much um, positivity for the industry, cleaning up the industry. Oh, yeah, literally, no,
0: they're, they're they're awesome in terms of uh, their responsiveness to what's going on out there, and just a special. Uh, if they're listening, thank you. Yeah, and of Bell course.
1: To <laughs> so um, when it comes to the whole with vitamin E why would people put that in a cartridge like or in cannabis products?
0: So that would be a way of stretching out your yield Okay. and the way of putting that and let's just use basic numbers let's say you make a thousand grams and you're going to fill 1,001 gram cartridges or 2,000 half gram cartridges with your thousand grams. Now let's say you wanted more than to sell 2,000 cartridges (laughs) let's say you want to sell 2,200 cartridges. Basic math suggests that you would use a 10% dilutant, a 10% cut of vitamin E or of your cutting agent that you would be formulating into your then uh, vape pen, you know, oil, your vape pen-based product before it gets injected into the cartridges. So when we're talking about something like that, it's a way of making more money. Now, bear in mind, if we're talking about a 10,000 or 10,000, a 10%, I mean... uh, Uh, 10% dilution you know uh, overall you know instead of again 2,000 you're trying to make 2,200 by adding an extra 10% you've also brought down the uh, cannabinoid and possibly you know we can say at least natural terpene uh, profiles as well because that offsets anything that's now a cutting agent is not uh, THC for instance so you don't see as much of this in the legal industry a lot of those companies those you know vape companies that have survived since uh, you know vape gate hit last year a (laughs) lot of those companies are actually selling based on highest THC well you don't get highest THC if you're using a cutting agent which is why and this was even happening since before that whole vape gate thing yeah the idea being that very few companies in the licensed legal industry were using vitamin e or were using any cutting agent because they were more concerned with the higher sales potential of having a high thc product and if you're cutting things down you'll never get a high thc product right yeah. you know the guy who doesn't cut his stuff will always you know have a higher uh, a stronger chemical profile that's so crazy so you get like the give and take of you know cutting down a product why do they cut it oh, yeah. so they could sell more products for the same price and uh by me by that means they're you know padding their business
1: Yeah. Not how I would prefer it. No,
0: you know, we're we're quality over quantity folk, right? Yeah. And like the
1: cannabis industry is all about compassion, you know. So you shouldn't be Well, I
0: hear that uh, you know, for people who are smoking that stuff, and it wasn't just the, you know, examples aside, it wasn't I think just the ten percent cuts that were really making the news. I think in a lot of these cases it was the fifty percent cuts, the seventy-five, the ninety percent cuts. Go figure that when you're vaping just this chemical that in no way should be vaped yeah when the majority of what you're taking is this other chemical that's when the the issues start so what you ended up seeing too and from just you know interviewing a few people and some family members who live across the country when you did have stuff that was cut down really hard you actually didn't get that high off it from what I understand you'd end up going through a full-strength vape pen much slower than you would with those those vape pens with heavy cuts in them because the heavy cuts you're you know puffing and puffing and never really feeling you know how you're trying to feel by smoking a vape pen however with full strength it might ring the bell so to speak right away Of course. (laughs) so you've got that you know like let's call it you know a separation of uh again quality versus quantity and so it really does kind of spell out the idea that cannabis uh being cut down uh isn't really you know a thing that it should go through now on the other hand i would disagree with saying high thc is all that matters either yeah you know what do you
1: feel matters
0: well i'm I'm partial to a high volatile content so usually what people would call high terpene content so i would call something flavorful versus something that's meant to punch me in the head as hard as it can way more enjoyable in the cannabis uh on the cannabis side of things it's just a better experience Um, In generally speaking, I end up smoking a little less because it's just a more broad, complex experience. There's more to it than that. So things that are, uh, I would say, more complex in terms of their chemical profiles is where I'm at. Uh, High terpene content would be awesome. Not just high cannabinoid content, but a more diverse cannabinoid content. Um, Something around a one-to-one would be amazing, you know, but you seldom see one-to-one flowers and stuff like that these days.
1: The only one-to-one i've really seen is just a thc cbd ratio are you able to do a one-to-one with other cannabinoids as well Uh, yeah
0: i've seen uh people mention one to one to one with regards to sleep aid products as a cbn to thc to cbd Oh Wow so I've heard of that now that's a mouthful but that sounds like it'll
1: knock you out
0: it sounds it sounds like it's the right medicine now what concerns me a little bit about that is uh, from a labeling perspective yeah now the way the state makes everything go from a labeling perspective everything has to be within 10% of your label so if you think about the difficulty with even being a one-to-one and staying within 10% of both of those numbers simultaneously
1: Having to do it with three.
0: Because if you have a 1.11 to, you, well, excuse me, if you have a one to one and your test results come out as a 1.11 to one, you technically have to relabel everything because you're outside of that 10% threshold. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So 10% is one thing when you have a, a prepackaged uh, pack of joints and it says 25%. And it comes out at twenty-three percent for the flower. Some people might not relabel their twenty-five percent to to back to twenty-three yeah. percent because twenty three percent is within that ten percent threshold. And that's part of the allowance given by the state when it comes to labeling. But that ten percent threshold with a ratio type number, especially yeah. two numbers that are supposed to be relatively close to each other, the state tears those apart. That's why you don't see that much stuff labeled as one-to-one these days. It's because it's damn near impossible to have products that are consistently one-to-one and hence prepackaged that way.
1: That's so insane. I wish that they would kind of just lighten up. Back off a little bit.
0: Right. Because one-to-one is an awesome medicine. And if it's 0.9 to 1.1, I mean, really, the the fact that it's now, um, it's now like no longer really feasible to sell that kind of product because you, that's almost unpredictable to know those yeah. numbers and so you'd have to relabel on the fly and so now all of a sudden something that has the very personality uh you know dialed into the dna of that product being a one-to-one yeah you can't even call it a one-to-one anymore It's just it seems so backwards <laughs> you have to call it,
1: it like a 1.2 to a 1.1 1. 1 or and like- you can't
0: or you can't advertise as a 1.1 1. 1 anymore either then <laughs> because right you'd be outside of the the outside of the label accuracy law. Oh
1: my gosh. It's kind of silly,
0: but that's in my opinion. And of course, everybody looks at things differently, but that's why you don't see as many one-to-one ratio things out there It's because of this difficulty that's been levied on the companies by the state you know and you can clearly see that the state didn't intend for that yeah but they
1: I mean, didn't know what was going to happen yeah they, they made didn't their realize. bed they have
0: to sleep in it you know even if yeah. after you write laws you know if it doesn't make sense and you're you have that dope moment I yeah. mean <laughs> still have to wait now until a whole new wave of changes takes place and they can or that one in that that change in with everything else and
1: I know it's That's, still a
0: young industry you know but it is it's surprisingly young run, you know you know yeah. oh yeah no it's it's very You got to give it up for those companies that are being mature. Yeah. Uh, But they're, you know, unfortunately, it's we had to start immature. That's how these cycles go. That's how life goes, I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: One thing um, I've been kind of seeing on the market or hearing about is CRC.
0: Yeah, that's the uh, color remediation. Uh, Are you familiar with a with what that means, or would you like to know?
1: Yeah, I I have a bunch of questions on uh, CRC and like, is it like bleaching your Sort oh. of
0: sort of not. Now let me let me try to explain this as, from a standpoint of your understanding of uh, butane extraction. Okay. Do you understand butane extraction? Yes. So um, if we mention that there are essentially two different um, if we mention that there are essentially mm-hmm. two different uh, columns, if you will, two different chambers, And one of them is where your plant matter stays but comes in contact with the concentrate or excuse me with the solvent Mm -hmm. and the plant matter stays in that first column as the uh, concentrate uh, with the solvent is now flown to um, extracted evacuated to a secondary chamber uh, often called the honeypot okay so between these two stages you'll have very frequently levels of um, Uh, filtration happening uh, which might be referred to as color remediation but there may be other things that are being remediated as well but it's worth mentioning that in these filtering compounds very often like a silica based compound these uh, these filters that are created are going to be uh, you know changing certain things they'll be filtering out certain chemicals among which the colors And so, I think that's the most notable change that you'll see from employing this type of approach. Although, it is worth mentioning that in employing this type of approach, there could be things like pesticides remediated out as well through some of these silica compounds. It just depends on the extraction type and on the extraction hardware used. So, by adding this extra filter element that the solvent is going to pass through after making extraction from the plant matter itself, we're now going to see this cleaned up version of the extraction plus solvent end up in the honey pot as all of the uh, solvent is recovered we're going to see a little bit of a different chemical profile in the actual extracted product that being that whiter looking crc style um i find that the cannabinoid content in those products is a little is a little higher you see that too where they go up from maybe 65 70 to maybe closer to 80. yeah and then i find that the flavor although we don't really see terpene results on those types of products as often as we see cannabinoid results which are always there of course i feel like they're not as flavorful do you do you share that with me as well or do you think it uh, really just depends
1: on what batch Um,
0: Maybe more strain based to suggest because what's happening are there are chemicals being filtered out now those chemicals being filtered out are allowing the THC to be a greater amount of the overall extracted yield hence a higher THC or higher cannabinoid content that's kind of cool right yeah However, if, we're, if we are cutting out other chemicals, which is, you know, at the same time leading to these higher THC yields, if we're cutting out certain chemicals, that means that, in my opinion, some of these compounds, terpenes and the other volatile compounds, very likely are getting reduced. And it might just be me, and I've only had, I mean, to be honest, I've only smoked like in terms of some meaningful dabs, like through maybe two or three grams of CRC product, yeah. so, I mean if you've tried say dozens there sarah i'm you yeah. know, I'm, I'm willing I mean, to relent to that if you've seen you know a greater cross-section of
1: i'll smoke on products and they're like it's not crc and then you give them the look like this is crc like there's no way that a live resin is looking pretty much white like the caviar style
0: so it's interesting, but a lot of cannabinoids mm. and even terpenes are pretty much clear to start with. It's uh, oh, cleaning. Really? It's it's the, a lot of the oxidizing that comes in yeah. that, that leads to that uh, even golden hue sometimes.
1: Oh wow! I didn't yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's, it's,
0: uh, if you have unoxid non-oxidized cannabinoids terpenes, then there are a lot of conditions that I'm kind of glazing over to make <laughs> this statement. But uh, yeah,
1: very often you can go in depth. It's okay. <laughs> so. Um, <coughs> When it comes to the color of live resin, this is such like a random question. Sometimes you get that nice amber color or sometimes you get kind of like um, the raw garden color where you get that nice yellow yet kind of distillate looking. Mm-hmm. Which one would you uh, say is more potent? I know some extractors say like the amber is like the original live resin.
0: So, you know, we've got the whole idea of like a recombinant product in yeah. these kind of cases. And do you know what I mean when I say that?
1: No. So recombinant
0: product um if I mentioned like a single source extracted product like a vape pen that was single source versus something that's recombinant does would that make a little bit more sense like single source might be the um a single batch of uh of say sauce that was pulled off of just one extraction and more or less with minimum formulation that being for the most part what you're smoking in that pen uh, then let's say there's the possibility that the diamonds themselves, you know, in a product or the distillate and the terpene products themselves may have come from vastly different places. Mm-hmm. In some ca- cases, you'll even have that like enhanced sauce where there might even be alternative botanical terpenes that have been formulated into a cannabis sauce that's been extracted a la hydrocarbon extraction. Yeah. So, when I mention a recombinant product, you'll have something that's like multiple different sources there. There are a lot of, there are a lot more possibilities when you're talking about a recombinant product. More possibilities for keeping it on the rails, more possibilities for keeping a consistent color and a consistent texture and uh, viscosity in something like that.
1: Versus a single source?
0: Versus a single source. Single source because it it is what it is and if you want it to be single source and you wanted it to be runnier, and even if you have another source that you could blend it with that is runnier. Then it won't be single source. It won't be single source, right? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like sort of the nature of a small batch type of product. You know, when you think yeah. about it in that sense, right? You know, it might be, you know, next time we extract that strain through that company, it might turn out different you now. Hence, again, small batch to small batch. When we're talking about recombinant products, we're talking about something else. In the raw garden world, you want to know that whatever is your favorite strain, cotton candy kush or whatever it is, you want to know that it'll always be there. Yeah. That every time it'll taste as similarly to the last time you enjoyed it. And that business plan has gone really well for them. You don't hit that by making it a single source product and we kind of turn into like what I like to consider to be those more formula-based products okay. versus those single source products and it's kind of easy to put this I like to use orange juices <laughs> so stick with me here take orange juice made from concentrate right nobody makes orange juice from concentrate because they hate you they make <laughs> orange juice from concentrate because that's how you make a formula yeah that you have This many parts fresh spring water, and this many parts simple syrup, and this many parts orange color, and this many parts orange extract, mix them together for this long at this temperature, and you come up with generic orange juice A, right? and generic orange juice a can be in every state in every country and because it's formula-based it'll always be the same and if you come back a year later it'll still be the same no blips right yeah that's how things that are formula-based goes that's how like a lot of cheap beer goes like even like if I'm not mistaken like the whole uh Budweiser Bud Light (laughs) even that's largely formula-based now yeah like a craft beer maker would never do that small batch versus commercial right and that's the point that's being made there and look at orange juice now is orange juice made from concentrate exactly the same every time and is there power to that and can you have the exact same product with the same marketing all over the world more or less yeah if you make fresh squeezed orange juice at your fresh squeezed orange juice stand on the other side of this (laughs) dichotomy on the other (laughs) side of this spectrum in that fresh squeezed orange juice are you ever going to make the kind of money or have the kind of impact that large-scale made from concentrate orange juice company is going to have you're never going to have that impact but are you going to make a better product health yeah you're going to make a better product (laughs) right like you're making fresh squeezed orange juice they're making stuff from concentrate you made a single source product they made a recombinant product you made something that was minimum processed they made something that was formula-based and always designed to be the exact same thing. Do you see the kind of difference? Yes. Now, what are we talking about sometimes when we see these different types of products? Well, when you're considering something recombinant and something that's formula-based and you talk about things like color, I would talk about how they have the opportunity through developing their formula to make it whatever color they want to within reason, right? Yeah. As opposed to other products, which might be lighter and darker sometimes.
1: That was the best like answer to that. That was so in depth. <laughs> I feel
0: really strongly in terms of uh, helping to educate people in terms of with yeah. cannabis, how small batch craft versus large batch commercial exists. And if I'm, I'm neither one's condemnable. I mean, I'm not saying like you should hate budweiser because of what they're doing and only like craft beer yeah you know the craft beer batch that you had last month that was fantastic if you go back to that same brewery and have it that same beer again it might not taste the same like there there are fallacies to have small batch and yeah. craft you might buy something and not like it as much right on as opposed to and no as a business owner I mean, as a craft business owner, I mean, you'll love your product. You'll feel great about what you're making. You'll feel great about those the few number of people who get to try it out. Um, but you're not, you know, a commercial producer. You're not buying an island off of yeah. your microbrew, right? You know, not those at all. island buyers are those dudes who found out how to do the same big message worldwide. <laughs> yeah. You know, And so that's, you know, when we consider like, uh, the identity of a product the identity of a company I feel like it really does kind of come down to those areas and I really do because it's so easy to understand with something like orange juice or beer yeah and it exists in cannabis too and I, I feel like that's a message that uh, people are just starting to grasp now
1: oh yeah of course and especially um, with new consumers coming into the industry they kind of mm-hmm. want to all right to uh, <laughs> go and take your dab um, right. I'm But put new this consumers in kind of want to learn more about those <clears throat> sorry more about those smaller brands instead of just walking into every shop and like you can go get the same thing whether it's like raw garden 710 or those bigger names you know um, mm-hmm. Elian and all that stuff friendly farms but I don't know I'm more like small batched I'm I
0: like i am you know what, what yeah. do I say you know it's uh, the whole you know quality over quantity thing. yeah I, I'm definitely in the same in the same boat there
1: I feel you on that <laughs> like i'll wait for you to take your dab enjoy your dub but um how does that taste <laughs> Gosh,
0: pretty amazing i'm really enjoying this collab that they've done i'm thinking it might need to be a bit warmer though We're gonna send this to you.
1: yeah i i like dabbing from the puff Cos and those um little rigs you know i have the carta as well it's the perfect it's the perfect dab every time when you when you do cold start dabs you know and so
0: um i in traveling too these things are amazing I always mean, this this little friggin rig has been to so many countries now i can't oh even i'm tell sure
1: you. i have like a rig that i just keep in my car my my car die, i just keep it in my little cup holder and, and then we good you know i
0: love how well <laughs> these things fit in cup holders i feel like and you know I may as I may as well be out with with this because (laughs) I know you're not supposed to smoke and drive yeah but isn't it uncanny how well this fits in a cup holder
1: exactly I'm like come on like you really expect us not to smoke and drive
0: (laughs) yeah you know I think that that's you know that's a hard one to get across because I feel like somebody could make a drinking and driving case the same way but then you could make a whole drinking and driving isn't so bad if you know people are doing it in the slightest amount of moderation and i'm not of course yeah. decrying any levels of people getting or i'm not uh i, I i'm not uh um, condoning any levels of uh, people getting drunk and you know running people
1: over yeah or of like course
0: that. but with regards to certain states that have very low accident levels in terms of drinking and driving but do allow some minor levels yeah. of drinking and driving or open container that's kind of interesting and so I think it might be a change that we may see for cannabis. Um, realistically, the one thing that I think is really unfair there were the uh, uh shutdown of things like cannabis buses and having like limo services with, you know, the opportunity to smoke and enjoy that. Yes and no.
1: What do I you think <clears throat> This is coming from like Insight. I used to work for both Green Line trips and green tours. Ooh, they were okay. the... Okay, so I'm, yeah. I'm really curious about yeah, what you have so to they say were, about this. Um, they were like the premier Los Angeles tour company. Um, I set up the Tommy Chong tour for them, you know, so like it was a dope experience. Oh, no, I'm good on a dap right now. I'll get lost. <laughs> um, it was a really nice experience. Don't get me wrong, but there's, there's a lot of i'm trying to say this really nicely since we're on uh the radio there's a lot of things that should not have been done in a cannabis business um when it comes to misinformation to the consumers honestly um they would they would just choose a dispensary take them there go pretty much drop all their money and then just like give them misinformation about what they were consuming
0: okay yeah i don't i don't like that that at all i could see yeah, you know, it's, uh, you yeah. know I can, I'm can here I am gushing over uh, over a restaurant and you worked in the kitchen and you're like, uh-uh, yeah the, no, nah, it's dude, it's, like, not that, it's not that golden. Yeah, I guess, you know, what I see is... It's dope if
1: you have somebody to where it's like, it's a good movement and you want to actually educate these people instead of just entertaining them while they're high, playing movies for them on a bus and doing shit like that. Like that's, you're driving I've, around LA watching How High, smoking weed on a bus when you can be doing that at home.
0: Yeah, and no, I, I hear you there. That's not, you know what, you've educated me <laughs> in that sense. I Yay! never took one of those trips. You um, I was bummed to learn, you know, when that was shut down because yeah. I love getting high with other people. I love seeing new sites and experiencing things. But you're right, it could have been a curated tour about cannabis history in LA or about. Exactly. L.A. rock and roll, or like, and you know, L.A. hip hop, or instead like, of
1: literally just driving around to Griffith Park and smoking weed in the bus. And you know, it. when you put it down like that, <laughs>
0: I just I imagine that there was you know a little bit of a uh, of a roll into the relationship with the dispensary, no. and so you know, it's just you know, it's, it's
1: just like you're going weed shopping. They're yeah. not explaining it to you. We're gonna get high on a bus together and play some games and giveaways i think like, that
0: just leaves some room to have it done right in the future i guess yeah you know, you know, know i i can't see how i would want it. to do it but i hear you, you know, yeah. okay you know what you've 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 taught me something today I'm, I'm gonna work with that
1: what i would like to see happen which would um be similar to the whole weed tours is kind of like a wine tour for weeds where you can go see, to that's what i
0: imagined yeah. it would be like and i get. you know what it is is is. I'm just, it's in my mind, you know, this ideology of how I would want to see exactly, it done. Exactly. Me and that's too. How that's I, why I'm like, why isn't this done? That's how I assume that it would exist. But you know what? You're right. And it's just, it really... That, that that's barely a foundation Let's yeah. let's see this done right right i
1: think mike tyson is building a ranch um in california city I've, or somewhere i've met with to a Vegas. couple of
0: the, those guys now they've actually been down to our lab to check us out so oh that's, that's awesome fun, yeah. that's so, so cool uh, maybe hopefully some educational scientific plug-in on that because i mean that's i'm biased obviously but that's yeah. what i like to see is you know people being informed being educated um, you know, it's I, I'm caught in my science bubble and wanting to see people educated there, and to hear you give me a social lesson. <laughs> and it's like wow, there's so much to this industry. It's awesome.
1: When it comes to um, to labs, would you guys be able to do anything to like further educate consumers? Are you able to maybe like host events there? Do like open like open so lab nights?
0: Hosting events is a little tough, and open yeah. lab night is a little tough.
1: Um, however,
0: <laughs> you, so you know, I mean, it's such yeah. a tight tightly controlled area with so many expensive pieces of inc- equipment <laughs> and instrumentation and so many people working and their very focused flow and you yeah. don't break that fl- that focus I mean there's, oh, yeah, of course. you work by a chain of command if you want to tap somebody on the shoulder <laughs> so to speak you know because you don't interrupt people what they're doing and the workflow and their focus and everything else that comes along with that So, what you end up seeing instead is, to answer the first part of your question with regards to educating the consumer and trying to make lab testing a little bit more uh, familiar and everything that goes along with cannabis science. Yes, I've been working for years in cannabis education and trying to get the word of uh, familiarity with cannabis, both from a consumer and from a business standpoint, out to, uh, you know, as many people as I can. The platforms that are used for that right now Long Beach City College LBCC Mm -hmm. is working with the Long Beach Cannabis Association to develop a a series of classes a whole course that's specifically cannabis that's going to be at their college in the coming months it's gonna launch this summer and I'm involved in a couple of those classes as a guest teacher and as the person who's put together that presentation so there's a gentleman named Joe Rogaway who's a lawyer going to be the official teacher of that class but the reality is that there are about a dozen professionals that are backing him up and each class is going to be covered by those professionals i do a lot of bud tender training because from a science perspective i you know onboard people with their understanding of cannabis and to create a baseline so that one bud tender would talk about the same product the same way as another bud tender in that same shop which is Hugely important, obviously. If you've ever heard of two bud tenders talk about the same thing, yeah, I, I come ways. from the bud
1: tending background. I know how important it is. To oh, be yeah. Able to, I mean, how like how grating
0: is, is that when the other bud tender? I mean, you don't want to interrupt them or be yeah. rude, but another bud tender <laughs> says something that you would totally disagree with, and all you You're feel like, is honey, like,
1: no, <laughs> all you
0: feel is like misinformation just sprouting. And how about misinformation being carried so much faster yeah. and further for some unknown reason than good, smart information, right? you know so with that much said the opportunity to help people and educate them LBCC through the city college awesome experience awesome opportunity i'm doing what's called cannabis workshops which are designed to familiarize people in the industry with other license types i'm doing those uh, every 2 weeks on tuesday nights uh, oh, that's that's so that's cool. uh, through the LBCA again so if anybody listening, if there's any anything to look up from <laughs> yeah. that, and I know on Instagram, it's the LBCA, and I believe that's their URL, their website as well. And you're able to use that to register for yeah. these classes. I have more classes and more education efforts than that, but let yeah. me leave it to you and for the next steps and if you'd like to talk about oh, that yeah, some more of we course.
1: can. I- I think we're all out of time for this episode, but we'll definitely be talking more and you'll be seeing more Terp Talk and Bell Costa collabs in the future. Um, thank you again, Nate, for coming out. I really appreciate it. If there's anything you wanted to say before signing off.
0: I'm happy to, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, there's so much to cover. Um, is it okay if I uh, drop the uh, Instagram handle yeah, and all that fun stuff? Thing. Uh, so Bell Costa Labs is somebody worth following. We try to stick all to education on our social media pages. I go by cannacentric on a lot of Instagram and uh, other platforms and try to stick to both through certain, you know, educational types of efforts as well as just putting a good word out there of cannabis and best use, best practice, best science, best everything.
1: Awesome. Again, thank you so much for thank coming for through. Me. I appreciate awesome. it. and Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Terps Talk. Uh, I'll talk Terps with y'all soon.
0: You're listening to Hayes Radio Network. Cannabis lifestyle radio.